0: If you would turn with me this morning in the scriptures, the wonderful scriptures, to Romans 16, Romans 16, we've been on the subject for a few weeks now when I've been teaching called the obedience of faith, like for us to go further into it today, the last part of Romans 16 And verse 26 says, now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Everybody say the obedience of faith. faith. Say it again, the obedience of faith. Once again, the obedience obedience of of faith. The obedience of faith. Faith and obedience are tied together. And uh, I think sometimes people talk about, well, believe in God, believe in God, I'm believing in God. And they look at obedience as a separate category. But no, your faith is shown by works, James said. Faith without works is dead. And what kind of results does dead faith produce? Dead faith won't get you healed. Dead faith won't get your bills paid. Dead faith won't get you out. It's only living faith. What is living faith? Living faith is faith, a fully persuaded heart that is expressed in action. And the key to miracles is what Jesus' mother said to the people at the wedding feast. Whatever he says to you, do it. Well, in other words, obey him. Obey him. And so when you really believe... Uh, the word you obey the word you act on the word with an individual you know if I said well you know do this and you say oh brother Keith I believe in you I respect you I believe you know what you're talking about and I say okay so do it well I believe in you brother Keith I trust you (laughs) okay so go ahead and do it see until you do it it's just air it's just talk the action, the obedience, reveals and demonstrates, proves that there is faith there. Right? That there is trust and confidence there. You step out and do it, and there, you don't have to explain a thing. You just said more than you could write in five volumes. You, proved, you showed me. Isn't that what James says? Tell me about your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. I'll show you my faith. Why? How? We could say it like this. According to this verse, I'll show you my faith by my obedience to God. Now, the Bible said, let me just read these for you to review a little bit. That we're going to go further today. Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. You don't have to turn there. Just listen. Most people are familiar with it. You know, the, what is it? Uh, 19 says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Another translation says it like this. Uh, Actually, the Living Bible says, if you will only obey me, then I'll make you rich. How about that? And that's not the only one. You know, this is Bible we're talking about. Well, what if you're eating the good of the land? You're not broke. You're not on the garbage. You're not on the wore out stuff. There's some richness going on there. If, if what, if you will be willing, somebody say willing, Willing. not just obedient, willing and obedient. Oh, I'll, I'll do it if I have to. No, no, you'll disqualify yourself now. Willing and obedient. He said, you'll eat the good of the land. Living Bible said, I'll make you rich. But the very next verse. Verse 20 says, this is the living as well. If you keep on turning your backs and refusing to listen to me, you'll be killed or destroyed by your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken it. There's two sides to this thing. If you will believe God, be willing and obey, you're going to be blessed. The good things are going to happen. What if you're rebellious and disobedient? Well, you're not going to be blessed. Bad things are going to happen. Also in Job, the 36th chapter, Job thirty-six eleven. Says, if they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. This is the Bible. This is the second witness here. This thing's getting established, isn't it? Did you know the psalmist said God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people? Now, there are people that just get flat mad at folk like me for reading these verses they do. Have you noticed it or not? Oh, I've gotten ugly letters. Nasty grams. Just, you know, called me everything but a nice fella. Because I stood up and read verses like these. If you obey and serve God, you'll spend your days in prosperity. Well, that might not be God's will. I read a scripture. Job thirty-six eleven. Bible, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Living Bible says, I'll make you rich. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servants. Huh? The Bible said, you know, in First Timothy, that we are to trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. I mean, verse after verse. You know them. You've seen them, haven't you? You've heard them. Well, we believe those too, don't we? Why would people find fault with us for believing the Bible? But they do. You know, not say a word about somebody that's worshiping Satan. Or deny the virgin birth. Don't send them a nasty gram. Huh? But because we believe something in the verse that they don't believe, well... You know, at least cut us as much slack as the Satan worshippers. <laughs> if you're not going to send them a letter, why send us one? We got scriptures. God is a good God. He's the God of increase. He's the God of abundance. He's a good God. He's not a God of poverty and lack and sickness and failure in uh, Deuteronomy 11 I'm just reminding you of some things that we've already seen well I didn't finish reading Job 36 if they obey and serve him they'll spend their days in prosperity their years in pleasures verse 12 if they obey not they'll perish by the sword and die without knowledge you keep seeing that same thing don't you if you obey you're going to be blessed what if you don't obey you won't be. That's why, you know, the Bible says concerning children obeying their parents. It is the first commandment with a promise. Didn't he say children? Yes. Obey your parents. Yes. Why? This is the first commandment. He said with a promise that it may go well with you and you might live long on the earth. Is it important that little ones learn to obey their parents? must say obey. obey. See, obey is not a popular word now. Obey is a politically incorrect word. Well, no, obey. We'll talk and we'll come to an agreement and they'll come to understand. No, no. There are a number of times where they understand perfectly and they just don't want to do it. And it's time to submit, it's time to obey. Or else. What do you mean else? Repercussions. (laughs) They need to know. If you're willing and obedient, you get to play, you get to toy, you get, if not, if you rebel and disobey, you get to punishment, you, you get, you know, you don't get this privilege, you get this taken away from you, right? And don't tell them you're gonna do it and then not do it. Don't you lie to them. You tell them they do it one more time and they going to lose their allowance? They do it one more time, they better lose their allowance. Right. Or you are a liar. That's right. Listen, what would be so hard about it? Friend, this is serious. Right. You don't have anything beyond your word. Right. You, and your wor- you are your word. Right. If your word's no good, you're not a good person. Right. And you don't want to teach your child to lie. This is, well, I, I don't want to do it. Then don't say it. Amen. Only say it when you mean to do it. And then what? Do it. Do it. So important, friends. So important. Is God that way? If he says it? Hmm? Blessing or judgment? Can you count on his word? Absolutely. Absolutely. In uh, Deuteronomy 11, here's another one. Deuteronomy 11, he said this in more than one place. He said, I, previously before this 27th verse, he said, I'm sitting before you. Hmm? Yeah. Life and death, blessing and cursing. He said this in more than one place. In this particular place, verse 27 of Deuteronomy 11, he said, it's a blessing if you obey. Somebody say, if you obey. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you this day. Verse 28. And a curse if you will not obey. A blessing if you obey. A curse if you don't obey. We want the blessing. Not the curse. Go with me please to Proverbs the third chapter. Proverbs 3. Now we have talked about. Why don't people obey? And one of the big reasons is simply rebellion. And uh, people say, well, I, I didn't obey because I didn't understand what you were trying to tell me. Well, if you really didn't understand then it wasn't rebellion and disobedience. If you thought you were doing what you were supposed to do, even if you were wrong in your thinking, if you got it wrong in your heart, you weren't disobeying. You weren't rebelling. Rebellion is sinning against knowledge. Disobedience is sinning against knowledge. You know something. And to him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, the Bible said in James, it's sin. It is transgression. The problem is you got a whole lot of people will try to con you on this point. They'll try to tell you they didn't understand. Watch your kids on this. I said, watch your kids. Don't let them pull a trash. Well, I didn't know that you wanted me to take the trash out today. Today? Was that today? <laughs> Look at them in the eye. And if they're lying to you, make it a big deal. Everything stops. Everything stops. We sit down. And if it takes three hours, are you listening? Amen. We get to the bottom of this. Amen. And if you'll do this, you won't have to do it every time. See, people let stuff slide because they just don't want to fool with it. They're just too busy and I'm tired and I had not got time. No, love does whatever it takes to save this young person from tragedy in their life. Because if they don't learn how to obey and they don't learn how to be honest, it will not go well with them. And they may not live long on the earth. Because they don't learn how to obey you and submit to you. What are they going to do with their teachers, their coaches, their employers? Their spouse, Hmm? God, they'll do with those and God, whatever they're doing with you. They don't get it changed. And it's so much easier to get it changed when you're three than when you're 30. So much easier. So to people don't obey out of rebellion. In Proverbs 3. I want you to see the inner workings of what happens with folk. Virtually every one of us in here has done this. So I'm not asking for testimonies about it. Just keep your eyes straight ahead. Say amen, Brother Keith. Somebody needs to hear this. (laughs) Even if we paint your picture. So Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. And... 11, are you with me? Yes. Proverbs 3, 11. Now, if you're watching by internet or TV, you're supposed to have your Bible out right now. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I don't have a Bible. You better get one before the next service. <laughs> Come on now. Bible, get your pad, something to write on. Uh, I mean, you think everything you say is good enough for me to write down? I didn't say that. The Holy Ghost is your teacher. He can say something new you I didn't even say. And yes, he speaks through me sometimes. So be ready and focus. D- did you know, I have seen this so many times. You know, not every part of every service or every sermon is just mind-boggling and thrilling and overwhelming. Huh? Come on, can I talk to y'all or not? Yes. Not every moment of every service, not every moment or every word of every sermon is necessarily, Oh, God, you're wonderful. Oh, this is just every, it's amazing. Every part. We're all still in this body. We have limited knowledge. We know in part. And you'll see this. You have to have the faith. And respect for the word to stay with the thing from the beginning to the end if you're going to get the good stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You won't necessarily get it. Well, you won't get it all. The first or second verse that's read or the first ten minutes. But how many have noticed if you stay hooked? And you stay hooked from the front all the way through. You'll get to something. And God will talk to you. Right? You might not get everything if you say you got a week-long meeting. You might not get everything the first or second night. But if you just keep coming, just keep singing with the choir, and just keep reading your Bible and turning to the verses, God will get you to a place. Why? Because the people who don't have time, and if everything's not giving them a buzz every three minutes, they turn it off, they get up and leave, they don't get it. I said, they don't get it because they didn't love it enough or respect it enough to stay with it long enough so they don't qualify. What did the scriptures say? Don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. What does that mean? Don't give precious things to people who don't appreciate it, who don't value it. How would we know if you value it? you willing to come early, stay late. Whatever it takes, right? You just, you'll look at 50 verses and not even get a buzz. And just go, okay, what's next? Right? But if you're willing to do that, God will get you to the place, won't he? He'll get you to the place where you will get something. And you'll get that thing that's inside. And see, we're all believing God together here this morning, aren't we? I'm not the Holy Ghost. I'm not Jesus. Jesus. You're not. Am I the best ministry in the world? I wouldn't say that. Are you the best congregation in the world? I wouldn't say that. (laughs) To see what do you laugh about? You want me to say you're the best congregation in the world? But you think I'm proud and stuck up if I even entertain? Ah, that ain't fair. But how about neither one of us say it? <laughs> we can say God has given us one of the best families. One. One of the best. One of the best churches. No, I don't even, you know, people say, well, I, I think this or that's the best. No, I never say that. No. no. There can be more than one best. Yes. All of us can be of the best. Yes. But what I'm saying is we're all here by faith. Yes. How good is my faith? to believe for utterance and to yield to the Holy Ghost. Well, how good is your faith to believe for utterance and to yield to the Holy Ghost? But, God's more interested in this thing than I am or you are. It's His church, it's His people, it's His ministry, it's His kingdom. And if you and I just come in here and just stay with it. And stay focused. And stay after it. And keep expecting. And stay with it to the end. he that endures to the end. We'll be saved. Right? <laughs> Must say, don't quit. Stay with, stay with it. See, remember this. When you're reading your chapters, when you're listening to tapes or CDs or when you're in services, uh, you know, if something's not wowing you every moment, that's okay. Don't be bothered about that. But remember, stay with the whole thing. See it through. And that's the people that get the good things. Does that bear witness with you? Proverbs 3, Proverbs 3 and 11 says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Say that out loud. Despise not the chastening of the Lord. We'd say it like this. Don't despise the Lord's chastening. Neither be weary of His correction say that out loud don't be weary of his correction say it again don't be weary of his correction one more time don't be weary of his correction do people get tired of being corrected oh yeah and it doesn't usually take much either Sometimes one time is enough, and they're already tired of it. But especially if you've already been corrected, and then you get corrected again, and then you get corrected again, and then you get corrected again, and and it ain't even lunchtime yet. (laughs) Well, your flesh can get mighty tired of that, weary of it, until you just don't want to be corrected anymore. And you don't care if you need it or not. (laughs) You don't care if they're right or not. You're just tired of hearing it. And that's when things go wrong. Because you get to where you don't want to be corrected anymore. What's happening now? Disobedience is at the door. we, We looked at Saul. And we saw the face of rebellion, didn't we? We looked through that. And you can see this. This is the the nature of anybody's flesh, but the nature of the one who will yield to rebellion is that they very quickly get weary of being corrected. Weary of it. Somebody say weary. weary. And here's the thing. People wouldn't want to admit it. But people get weary of God. Now, that's a big statement, but I'm going to show you three more scriptures that say so. Somebody say, Weary of God. God. Surely, no Christian would get weary of God. And they do. You know why? He doesn't change. He's not going away. What he said's not going away. What he told you to do is not going to change. And it's not going away. And if you won't yield to it and comply, then you're going to get tired of that being in your face every day. Hmm? And you're the one that's wearing yourself out. Because there is a, another option here. Isn't there what? Obey. Just go on and do it. Now it's not rubbing you the wrong way every day. Oh, but you'll see people, they want to do everything in the world but that. Well, we'll do this. How about if I do that? Well, how about you do what he told you to do? (laughs) See, isn't that what Saul wanted to do? Well, no, we're going to give these big offerings. And that's when the prophet Samuel said, you know, as the Lord is pleased... In these offerings, as in obedience, to obey is better than to sacrifice. To hearken, pay attention and do it is better than the fat of many realms. You'll find when people get their sticking points. Well, I'll do this. Well, what about if we do that? Or, well, why don't you just do this? Amen. Well, they don't want to do that. They don't want to hear that anymore. They're tired of hearing about it. i have had it up to here with that you bring that up one more time that is the voice of rebellion that is the voice of disobedience and remember now what the scriptures say about people that being often reproved hardens and stiffens their neck what the bible say would happen they would be destroyed suddenly and without remedy that means it can't be fixed How could you get to the place? Disobeying is not the end. If it was, (laughs) it would be an empty church. (laughs) Disobedience, rebellion, say you rebelled. Are you disobeyed? That's not the end. The destruction comes when you refuse to Repent. For your disobedience. You refuse to repent of your rebellion. That's when time after time. And you being often reproved and corrected. And you just stiffen your neck. And you're not going to yield. And you're not going to give. That's how the Bible says it will come to the place where there will be sudden destruction. It will just come and happen all at once. And it cannot be fixed. There's no cure. There's no remedy for it. Not because God wouldn't forgive you. You wouldn't repent. You wouldn't change. Hard-headed, stubborn, rebellious. It can cost you the call on your life. It can cost you your marriage, your family, your business. There are many times in life it's time to yield. It's time to give in. Your flesh doesn't want to, but it's time to do it. It's time to... To submit. This is a very politically incorrect word. I know. But it's a Bible word. And there's times your flesh don't want to do it. But it's time for you to smile. And say yes sir. Yes ma'am. We'll do it. And your flesh is screaming no. You say shut up. Shut up. And smile and say we'll do it right away. And put your flesh under and obey. And there are times when you need to be corrected. Repeatedly. And you're going to be tested. Are you going to get weary of the correction? Will you take it twice, but you won't take it five times? Because five you know, five is just too many. Well, you may need five. But well, we're having fun today now, aren't we? Repeated correction. Read this again. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. He said, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. Somebody said, well, you know, the Lord, okay. Yeah, I can take his correction. But I don't obey any man. I don't obey man-made rules and and man's stuff. No, no, I'm sorry. I obey the Lord. Him, yes, I'll yield to Him. We've already talked about that. That just is not true. That's like saying you love the Lord, but you don't care for people. (laughs) Your love for God is revealed in your love for people. The scripture says so. You say you love God and hate your brother, the Bible says you're a liar. Same thing is true, we're showing respect, showing honor, obedience, receiving correction. If you can't receive or won't receive correction from man, then you won't receive it from God. That is just the way it is. He said, don't be weary of his correction. Say that out loud again for me, please. Don't be weary of his correction. Why would you get weary of his correction? Because you got flesh. Uh-huh. Hmm? <laughs> Hold your place here and go to Hebrews. Somebody say, That's Old Testament, Brother Keith. <laughs> well, let's get some New Testament. Yeah. Hebrews 12. <laughs> it's still Bible. Yeah. Hebrews 12. Verse 3, 12, 3. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You've not yet resisted to blood striving against sin, and you've forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. Why would the Lord tell you that? Because you're going to be tempted to. You got flesh. Your flesh is going to have these feelings. Of being irritated with it. And don't want to hear it anymore. Your flesh. My flesh. Everybody's flesh is the same way. We're going to see it here in just a moment. But nobody goes. Oh yes. Correct me 12 more times today. I I just love it. When you correct me. (laughs) Liar. No, you don't love it. How do you know? Because I can read. (laughs) Now, a wise man appreciates it. Has enough insight and understanding to see it's helpful. But that you enjoy it. Keep reading. Whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And scourges every son whom he receives. How many know, though, that he's not a child abuser? I mean, you've got enough sense to know when it crosses the line from chastening and correcting your children to hurting them and abusing them. Don't you? You're supposed to. Certainly your father God knows that. And if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection, subjection, Submit to the Father of spirits and live. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, I might say it like this, for our certain good. When he corrects you, it is for your certain good. A man or woman might be hit and miss. Him is always for your certain good, that we might be partakers of His holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. That's why I said I could read. No chastening is joyous. If you're enjoying it, it's not chastening. I just enjoy being corrected and reprieved. No, you don't. Nobody enjoys being corrected. Nobody does. You might enjoy being taught. Not the same thing. It's being corrected. How many, anybody know what correction is? In this society we live in, you have to define it. You know what correction is? What's correction? Hmm? Correct. What does it mean, correct? You ever had your paper graded? Huh? Anybody ever got a paperback had a bunch of red on it? What was the red? <laughs> <laughs> Corrections. Yeah. Slash marks. Yeah. it. what is this? <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> Wrong. Incorrect. Slash. Mark. Slash. Corrected. Did you look at it and go... Oh, this blesses me look at the red on this page huh if I correct Dave what's a correction something he didn't know and I'm instructing that's not correction corrections he's going one way and I stop and go whoa Dave whoa no not that way this way hmm? does your flesh enjoy that never not yours. Not mine. Do you need it? Yes. Oh, you need it. <laughs> More than you know. People need a lot of correction. Just look at children. Do they need to be corrected? They need a lot of correction. A child left to himself or herself is going to be a terror and that nobody will enjoy them. Nobody wants to be around them. Hmm? And they're going to have a bad life. They said, oh, don't say that. No, listen. You may think it's funny. as They look at you and go, no. You won't think it's funny when you have to go get them out of jail. Right. Come on. And they said, no to the officer. You've got to go to the principal's office because they said, no to the teacher. Well, then it shouldn't be funny at age two either. It's easier to learn when they're small and young. They're so moldable. Easy to mold them and shape them. Teach them. It should be a a significant thing, not a little passing thing. So they need to be corrected. 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 Elsewise, they wind up in the wrong place. You know, flying's that way. I've used this illustration before. But you know, you fly great distances, you have to constantly be making adjustments. Elsewise, you wind up in the wrong country. Huh? You're just off two or three degrees and fly at four or five hundred miles for four hours. I mean, you're, you know, instead of north, you're south. So, you need constant corrections to keep you on course. Everybody say it out loud. You need constant corrections to keep you on course. Say it out loud. Constant corrections, continual corrections. Repeated corrections to keep you on course. Sometimes you need big corrections. Those are even less fun. Big corrections. I mean, let's say I'm doing some bad piloting today and you're riding in the back and I'm off by 20 degrees and I'm 10 miles off of where I'm supposed to be and I pop out of the clouds and there's a great big mountain right there I'm about to run into we need a major correction right now don't we I mean not you know not sit there and go two degrees and see what happens now we need to turn this thing on its side and I'm going to spill your ginger ale and if your seatbelt ain't tight I may pitch you out in the floor right But you want me to throw you in the floor. Because what's the alternative? (laughs) The alternative is piling that thing up against that piece of granite over there. And you having no more days on the earth. So you want me to make that big, uncomfortable. I mean, it might make your stomach come up in your throat. It might just disorient you, might take you several minutes to get over it, but at least you're getting over something. (laughs) Well, that's the way it is in life, period. Sometimes people are so far off, they need major correction right now, and it is not fun. It is not fun. It can be disorienting, it can be troubling to your flesh, but you need it. And then, though, when you get back on course, if you just make little corrections. I mean, if you're mostly on course, just make little corrections every day and through the day. Then you stay on course. You never get so far off that you have to have these radical corrections. But you need repeated, continual corrections. And the only way that you're going to, you know benefit from them is you if you keep receiving them, everybody say receiving them. You must receive correction. You can reject correction. You know that. You can sit there and listen and nod your head while somebody's correcting you and you're going. Outside you're going, Uh-huh uh you understand, yeah. Inside you're thinking, I wish you would just shut up and let me go, because I ain't no way I'm doing this. You heard it, but you rejected it. You did not receive the correction. And so if you don't receive it, it's not going to benefit you. You're going to still stay off course. Listen to these other uh, scriptures along this line. He said uh, in Isaiah 43, don't turn to these. Let me just read this to you. Isaiah 43, the Lord is speaking. He said, you have not called on me, O Jacob. You have been weary of me, O Israel. God says. You have been weary of me. Can people get weary of God? Yeah, if they don't want to hear him. They don't want to do what he says to do. What he says is right. Because every day he's the same. He's not going to change. And if you're going to try to go against him, you're going to be grating and rubbing. And you get weary of him and his righteousness. Well, you know, I'm always wrong. I'm tired of being wrong. Hey, if you're wrong, you're wrong. I don't care if you're tired of being wrong or not. <laughs> hmm? I'm talking about being weary of correction. Micah 6, 3 and 4. Micah 6, verse 3 and 4. Listen to what the Lord said. He said, Oh my people, this is God talking now. What have I done to you? This is God talking. You get some insight into the personality of God. He is a person. God says. You can tell he's irritated with these folks. He said my people. What have I done to you? And wherein have I wearied you? Testify against me. Tell me. God's talking. He said what have I done to you? What has he done to us? All he ever endeavored to do was love us. And help us. And bless us. But he's not going to call wrong right. He's not going to submit to us. He's not going to change for us. It'd be wrong. Thank God he doesn't. What have I done to you? Wherein have I wearied you? Do people get weary of God? Exactly like people, like children, get tired of their parents telling them what to do. Exactly like employees get tired of their employers telling them what to do. Exactly like you know, head people under heads of homes get tired. Like uh, people under pastors, wherever the structure is, people get tired of it. Now, I might interject right here. There are folks that are easier to take correction from from others than others. You know, if you're in a position over somebody, you don't have to be unnecessarily harsh. And you don't have to be antagonistic. How many remember the scripture says about fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You can abuse your place. Now don't get stronger on this than on the other part. Because I know you're trying to make an excuse. But you can So all of us need to watch and be led. There are times when even though somebody needs to be corrected, it just ain't right to do it right now. You need to do it, but you need to be led as when, where, somebody say how. How? Oh, that's a biggie. How the Bible said the sweetness of the lips increases learning. How you say something. Is so important and it makes it more palatable. And above all, it should always be copiously evident when you're correcting somebody that you love them and you care about them. Now that doesn't mean it always has to be in a, in a soft compliment tone. How many know the Lord corrected His disciples? There are times He spoke to them strongly. It was always out of love. He wasn't just trying to do something for himself. He's concerned about them, cares about them. So there is two sides to this because we, God is perfect. He always corrects perfectly. We are people. We could correct imperfectly. And so you want to watch, you know, how you do it and how you come across. Do it in love, do it in faith, but do it. I said, but do it. Do what needs to be done. He said they got weary of him. Weary of him. The, in Malachi, it says they got weary of his offerings. They said concerning the offerings of the Lord, Behold, what a weariness it is. They got tired of offerings. They said, every time we come to the temple, we've got to bring these goats and these calves. And I mean, there's blood everywhere. And you've got to clean up. And you got to burn these animals and you got to take the ashes out. And we're just tired of it. So since you got to do it every day, just bring the sick ones. That's what they said. No need wasting a good animal. Bring the lame, the ones that's deformed. Boy, it angered the Lord too. That's what he was saying previously. He said, what have I done to you that you're tired of me? You know, I might go on. Can I take a little liberty here yeah. on the Lord's behalf? Yes. <laughs> Humor me. <laughs> the Lord is saying, I see you're not tired of your rain. You're not tired of breathing. I see you're not tired of your crops coming in and you're not tired of eating every day and, That's right. That's right. huh? Yeah. You're not tired of me protecting you from your enemies. Yeah. Oh, but you're tired of my offerings you're tired of me correcting you. Well, it just didn't work that way. You get to thinking that way and feeling that way. Then you are yielding to rebellion. You're going to disobey. And it's not going to go well with you. It's going to cost you. Look in uh, Hebrews. I'm thinking about closing. We, before I move past it, he had said no chastening for the present is joyous but it's grievous nobody likes getting corrected but do you need to receive it yes you do You need to receive it. Because he said it's grievous. It's not joyous. It's grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, after you receive the correction, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to them which are exercised thereby. So lift up the hands that hang down, the feeble knees, make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. Let it rather be healed. You'll notice this is when people quit things. When they get tired of being corrected. Have you noticed it? How many people went out for a team. And they got tired of the coach correcting them. So they did what? I mean day after day. And finally. No don't do it like that. No your stance is all wrong. No that's not right. No don't block like that. No that's not a pass. What is that? Come back here. Give me 10 laps. Huh? 20 push ups. No, no, no. How many know to become a good athlete, it's going to take a lot of correction. You're going to take somebody that may have some natural ability, but no skill. You've got to be taught that. And you've got to be corrected. I know I've told you, you know, my dad put me in a martial arts school when I was uh, 10. And it was old school. Concrete floors, no pads. I don't recommend it. It didn't hurt me, but it was kind of rough. I got some scars, but it helped my soul and my spirit. Helped me to learn some more discipline. And uh, the instructors would come around, and you're in your stances, and you're doing your things and what have you. And they'd check you, and they'd come back. Maybe you're in a stance, and they'd come back, put some pressure on a part, and you'd move, and they'd go wrong. Da 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 da, -da." and you go yes, sir. And so you're moving it. And then I'll tell you a time or two. Next thing would be a leg sweep. All you'd feel was somebody's foot. Next thing you know, you're on the floor. Boom. You're supposed to say, thank you, sir. Why? You're being corrected. And enough of that, over enough period of time, you learn how to do it. What are you laughing about? It's correction. I don't care if you're playing football basketball baseball i don't care what it is if you're trying to play the piano uh. (laughs) wrong wrong not that how many know if you're going to become good you have to keep taking correction day after day after day you have to keep saying "Mm, i'm sorry yes ma'am yes ma'am and your flesh is going i've had it with this just leave me alone. I don't want to learn. Shut up. Shut up. How many know you have to control your flesh. To learn to do anything. Especially things that amount to anything. If you yield to your flesh. You will get weary of being corrected. And you will quit. That's, right. That's right. And if you do. You will never achieve. And develop. And reach the place you're supposed to. I know looking back at Phyllis in my life. We've been corrected plenty. Thank God for it. I said thank God for it. We've been corrected privately. We've been corrected publicly. Even less fun. I know uh, I've told you this, but it's a prime example of what I'm talking about. My father in the faith, Kenneth Hagen, who's in heaven now. Thank God for him. I was singing for him. Myself and Patsy. Birman at the time, and uh, he'd call us up at the end of the service. We'd sing in front of the service, and uh, you know. And he looked over He's closing one day, and uh, he said, "Y'all come up and sing. Get ready to sing." We sat there, and she looked at me. She said, "You want to sing?" I said, "You can." She said, "Well, you can. I don't care." I said, "Well, go ahead." She said, "You go ahead." <laughs> so we did this for five minutes. Big mistake. <laughs> he looked over at us and saw we we're still sitting there. He said, Well, if I'd have known it's gonna take you that long, I wouldn't even called on you. And I'm glad he did. Now, did you hear that? Did you feel that? Across the crowd. What is that? That's hundreds of people going, I think that's too hard. You're wrong. Why? We do this every day. We know he's about to close. We knew it 15 minutes ago. We could tell. We know we're going to be singing at the end of the service. We should be thinking about it. We should be ready. What we're doing is disrespecting the anointing. Disrespecting the Lord. disrespect Treating the service as though it's a light and unimportant thing. Oh yeah, we do it every day, you know. Okay, whatever. You want to? I don't know. You want to? Whatever. Unacceptable. This is the Lord's things. This is His work. Can you say amen? This is important. And so from then on, we popped up and we moved. We should have already known it. We did know it. We needed correction. <laughs> But see, we live in a society that didn't want any correction. None. No. I was glad about my instructors in the martial arts that swept me off my feet, put me on the floor real solidly. It made it stick in my mind. They didn't have to do that again the rest of the day. Huh? When words are not working, you need something else. That's not an excuse for, to beat people. That's right. But correction is needed. Can you see this? Yeah. If you're going to develop. And I'm she and I. I don't know how many dozens of times in these last 25, 30 years. We could have missed God. By refusing to receive a correction. That's right. And I'll be honest with you. There were a few times. Man, it rubbed me. It rubbed me. I, I actually had to get away for a day or two. And get through it because it really chafed me bugged me and I had to come back to this you know if Jesus is really your Lord then you don't write your own orders the most you could do is fall across the bed and put in a request for a transfer (laughs) say Lord Lord I want you to move me Lord I want you to let me go somewhere else I want you to send me somewhere else and again and again it will come back Denied. (laughs) Now you got a choice. You're either going to submit to his lordship. And whoever he puts you under. Or you're going AWOL. You're saying well. I just write my own orders. Where's the paperwork? I'll just write my own. And I'll forge the signature. Well. (laughs) You can. And millions have done it. They just leave places and change churches and change marriages and at whim and at will. And they just write their own orders. And Jesus is not their Lord. They're trusting in Him as Savior, but He is definitely not their Lord. They're running their own life. The way they want to, when they want to, how. Say out loud, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus, my Lord. I, submit to him. I submit to Him. Hebrews 13. I wish it was done, but I'm not quite. Hebrews 13. I don't think this will take long. Can you take it? Hebrews 13 and 17. What does it say? Obey Obey them. Who? That have the rule over you and what? Submit yourself. That's not somebody making you do it. That's you submitting yourself to it. Now, who do you obey? I'm going to just get into this a little bit and then we'll touch on it perhaps next time. But. Who are you to obey? Look at the verse. No, read the verse. Read the verse. Who? Those, them is plural. So no, I'm not just talking about God. Plural. Them that have the rule over you. Now, that's not everybody. The Bible said, for instance, you younger, submit yourself to the elder. Uh, It says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Talks about uh, people submitting themselves to their spiritual leaders here. Submit yourself to God. There are numerous things that say who should submit to who. You're not supposed to obey just anybody who wants to come along and tell you something to do. Thank God. (laughs) Phyllis is supposed to submit to me as her husband, but not to just any husband in the church. You know, you try to tell her something, and I doubt she's going to obey you. You say, I'm a man. Well, whoop dee I'm a husband. Yeah, but you ain't my husband. Right? And so, same thing, you know, with the church. You know, if you're in this church family, then you're under me, you're under her. But that doesn't mean that I have say-so in somebody else's church. Do you understand this? So who should obey whom? Who should you submit to? Who should you obey? Not just everybody on the street. Not just everybody wants to tell you something to do. But he said to those that have the rule over you. And in that case, even though people are imperfect, people can make mistakes. You don't want to get weary of being corrected. You want to keep letting the correction come and taking it and receiving it, and receiving it. And even if somebody misses it in the area, they could have had a different tone of voice. They could have done it differently. Well, so could you have at some other time in your life, right? Cut them some slack. Believe God. But the important thing is that he told you to submit to him and obey him. And unless it just blatantly contradicts something in the written word, you need to yield and comply, even though your flesh is going, I'm tired of it. And the flesh will try to blame other people. You'll find this, when your flesh gets tired of being corrected, it'll go, well, you had not done everything right either. How about you? Well, we ain't talking about you. Then we're talking about you. But you'll find that people try to do that. Well, 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 you're always telling me, you're always telling me, what about you? Well, now who is supposed to be submitting to whom? According to the word. Who has a right to correct somebody else? There have been times when people have come to me and said, you know, why don't you talk to brother so-and-so about such-and-such and about this doctrine? And I looked at them. I said, they are my elder. I'm going to go correct them? No. <laughs> if they're wrong, God can talk to them. Amen. And they have people who are their peers. Yes. So who has a right to correct whom? We live in a society who have no understanding of this. You know, half of your family movies have the children correcting the parents. Because the parents ain't got enough sense to get in out of the rain in these shows. Hmm? And you don't have a clue what's happening. No, children should not be correcting parents. People should not be correcting their leaders. Is this right or not? Is this the Bible or not? No, who should be correcting whom? So we need to talk more about that. But let it suffice for today to say that we are not going to be weary of correction. We're going to receive as much as is needed and as much as is required. And if we strike out 45 times, we're just going to come back to bat. Number 46, just as strong as we did the first time, right? Say, all right, show me again how to hold my hands. Show me again. Okay, it's going to come right across the plate. All right, all right. And just stay with it, and you will learn how. I said you will learn how? Have as much patience with God and the Bible and your spiritual leaders as you've had with your coaches. Right? And your teachers, they corrected you. Isn't that what he said? Your natural fathers, they corrected you. You received it from them. How much more from God, the Father of Spirits, who never makes a mistake. Stand up on your feet say it out loud. I will not not grow weary weary of the Lord's correction correction. directly or through others. others. I will not not grow tired tired. of Him correcting me. me. I I will receive... Correction Correction. As 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 much as it takes. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your holiness. Your ways are so right and so perfect and so good. We respect you, and even though our flesh doesn't want to hear it and don't want to receive it, you are right the first time and the hundredth time. You are right. And any place where we're not in agreement with you, we're wrong every time. And you're right every time. We'll put our flesh under no matter how it feels, how it squeams, how grievous and annoying it might seem to our flesh. We refuse to yield to the flesh. We'll not get yield to the tiredness and weariness. We will receive correction. Say it out loud. I will, I will. receive